0: We're going to be continuing now our series on hearing God's voice. And uh, in the first verse of 1 Samuel, the third chapter, we read these words, which you already heard, but I just want to lift something out of it. Now the boy, Samuel, ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Now, this word that's translated rare in most uh, uh, translations has a different meaning than we usually give it altogether. There's more uh, just nuances to it than you have in English. The nuances are there. When something is rare, usually it's valuable and that's attached to this the word of god god's word god's voice was valued back then as it should be today but not many people heard from him back then at that point in time now so that's the first thing and this is where i want us to draw what we're talking about today Uh, From is that word that can be translated precious or cherished? I love it in our uh, traditional wedding uh, ceremony. We promise to love and to cherish each other. And uh, that word cherish means to hold dear that something is precious and we promise to cherish our spouses, to hold them dear. Now, you can cherish other things. I've got several guns I cherish dearly. Oh, I could just, my heart skips sometimes, whatever, I just start talking about some of my guns. I'm not going to do that today. I have some other things that I cherish, but I do cherish my wife more than those other things that I cherish. I put her above them. But even more than that, I cherish the Lord and my walk with him and uh, his uh, presence in my life. And we should all cherish hearing from God. It should be precious to us. It should be something we value and something that we want every day. And so this is what we're going to be talking about. Now, the first thing that we're going to be looking at is the fact that if you want to hear from God, you're going to have to want to hear his voice. Because uh, if you don't listen for it, you're not going to be able to hear it. I remember I had a very disconcerting conversation with a dear friend several years ago, where he just asked me, he said, now, do you really hear God talking to you? And I said, yeah, I do. And I described how it was just like, it just goes into your head, into your heart. I don't hear an audible voice, but it's not my own. And that's the way most people, that still small voice, that's the way he speaks to most of us nowadays. Sometimes he speaks audibly, but most of the time it's this still small voice. My friend just said, kind of uh, nonchalantly and flippantly, almost. He's never talked to me like that. And uh, this is just it. He had been taught God doesn't speak anymore, and he lived out of that. And whenever, and you know, the, whenever you read the Bible, you see God speaking to people here he speaks to uh, Samuel and as he speaks to Samuel he's giving Samuel some words to share with Eli and so uh, uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about you're a prophet Samuel wound up being a prophet at that point in time he was given something to God spoke something to him to share with somebody else But at first, Samuel didn't recognize that voice. He thought that voice was coming from somewhere else and from someone else. And so he goes in a couple of times thinking that it's uh, his guardian that is speaking to him when it's not. But this is the good thing. Samuel's guardian, Eli, recognized what was going on. And he recognized the Lord was speaking to Samuel. And so he told Samuel, you just go back down. You go back and whenever he'd lay back down, if he speaks again, you just say, speak to me, Lord, your servants listening. And this is something that we have to learn just like Samuel did, because we've been taught many times. He doesn't speak today then uh, we have to get that out of the way before we can start recognizing His voice. Um, when I first recognized the voice of God, I was shocked, I was embarrassed, and I was humbled, as I've shared with you before, because God had been so patient and merciful while I was ignoring Him. I recognized the voice I had heard that voice nearly my entire life. But I didn't know where whose it was. And I had to learn to hear his voice. And that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today. Um, Samuel had to be coached to hear God's voice. And I'm hoping that's what this series will do for you. It'll coach you. To where you can hear his voice more clearly and so this is going to be a very pragmatic message I'm just going to give you three or four points uh, about how to start doing this and how to start training yourself number one is so obvious when you look at the Bible set an appointment set aside some time before you know, before Adam and Eve sinned They had a set time every day. They got together with the Lord, didn't they? They'd walk with him and talk with him in the cool of the day. Now, we'd like a cool of the day right now. I know we can all use some cool of the day. But uh, that was their time in the evening. That's whenever the sun was going down. That was their time to walk and talk with him they had a set appointment every day a daily appointment time with the lord then after they sinned they didn't want to talk to him anymore did they have you ever noticed that they didn't want to talk to him all of a sudden they were hiding from him And you see people all around us today, you see people even in churches just going around with their fingers stuck in their, not this church, but in other places, with their fingers stuck in their ears just yelling to drown out what they don't want to hear from the Lord. They don't even want to hear what the Bible has to say, much less a fresh word for them for this moment. And so uh, this this is just it. This is one of the lines of demarcation. Saved people value the voice of God. Unsaved people don't want to hear it. And it starts right there in Genesis. Do you see that? It's right there. Uh, We need to set an appointment. Missed appointments lead to disappointments. I've discovered my whole day goes differently If I miss my appointment with the Lord in the morning, whenever I'll take time for him, his word and listen to him, turn my problems over to him ahead of time. uh, My goodness, things just fall into place. Other times I'll get up and I'll start out running and. It's like I'm my feet are just trying to go through molasses. And I can't get through the first thing on my to-do list. And it just drags and drags. And it's such a frustrating thing to try to get from number one thing on my list to the number two thing on the list. And so uh, this is just it. Uh, how your day goes, makes, it, it makes a difference how your day goes. God comes... To a prepared atmosphere. In Exodus the 19th chapter of the 10th and the 11th verses we see uh, an example of God instructing his people and he tells Moses, uh, the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. We get ready. We need to be ready. And then in uh, verse 19, when the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him with thunder. Just like God prepared a time and a place to meet with Moses and with his people and to speak to them, we need to prepare a time and a place to meet with God, expecting to hear his voice. So number two ties right into it. Be still and worship. The most important thing that I think we can do sometimes Is just be still and worship. Before praying, before reading your Bible, uh, God uh, wants you to just be still and know that He's God. It says in uh, Psalm 46:10, Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we need to stop and remember that uh, we're not the ones on the throne. The world doesn't revolve around us. The world revolves around him. And uh, we need to be still and know that he's God. He says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, listen here. Uh, Exodus fourteen thirteen, And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand jogging in place. Is that what it says? No, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. You see, we want to do. We're inclined to think that it's all up to us, even in prayer And even in our prayer, we come to the Lord wanting our marching orders or wanting guidance, wanting direction as to what we should do. Do is so many times the operative word in our prayer time. What what should I do? And we're wanting advice. We're wanting uh, uh, direction. Whenever he's saying, be still, be still. It's not about doing It's about being, okay? And right now, you need to just be still and know that He is God. So uh, uh, I need to be reminded of this daily. Uh, I need to be reminded that this is God's world. Oh, man, if you'll let yourself, you can carry the weight of the world on your shoulders, You can carry the weight of this nation and the way that it's going on your shoulders. You can carry everything that's going on in our denomination on your shoulders. And you can fret. And uh, uh, I was blessed to be reminded that he can run this world just fine without me. In fact, uh, one of the greatest blessings to me was when I was ill and out of commission for six weeks... And I couldn't do anything. And I was so worried about the church and how the church I was serving was going to be going. And I was just put on a back burner. There wasn't, I couldn't, anyway, I was helpless. I couldn't do anything. Uh, The humbling thing is, whenever I was able to get back to work, you'd never have known I was gone. The world went along just fine without me. Uh, The church didn't die without me. And I learned at that point in time that the Lord doesn't need me for anything. But in his love and in his graciousness, he invites me to work with him in what he's about. And that is a totally different thing than thinking that you have to solve all the problems, that you have to be the one that makes it happen. It's incredible what God can do without you. And uh, he makes this clear in the Bible over and over and over again. Be still and worship. Recognize who God is and how you relate to him. Before you even move into the conversation, are you going to be just giving him your to-do list for him and going on about your business? You've heard the phrase, great jumping Jehoshaphat. How many have heard that phrase before? Yeah, some have, some haven't. It comes from the Bible. And uh, Jehoshaphat was uh, uh, one of the, the kings of the children of Israel. And uh, there was a time whenever there was a battle getting ready to take place, and the Lord told, sent word to him, "You will not need to fight in this battle." Isn't that good words? Don't you all the different battles that you're facing? Wouldn't it be nice for the Lord to send you a message? You don't have to fight in this battle. The battle's going to take place, but uh, you don't have to fight in it. Now, there's two different aspects of that. Sometimes it's not your fight. Sometimes we just choose to jump into places we shouldn't even be. And then other times, it's going to be our battle, but the Lord will take care of it for you. So uh, he says, You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. All he told them to do was get in the right place. Position yourselves, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And the Lord did just that. And uh, we're going to get into more of what happened there in, in just a moment. But uh, uh, in Exodus 14, 13... Whenever the the children of Israel were at the the Red Sea, the Egyptians were coming at them, and they didn't know what to do. Uh, He told them what to do. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. Now then, moving on with uh, Jehoshaphat. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Now listen what happened. As they are praising the Lord, as they are worshiping the Lord. Now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness. They looked toward the multitude and there were their dead bodies. Fallen on the earth, no one had escaped. He just turned Judah's enemies against each other and they wiped each other out. I had someone I was visiting with the other day who was so distraught because it seemed that People who had chosen to be this person's enemies were trying to derail something that she'd been working very, very hard on. And uh, we just prayed about it. And uh, I ran across this person a few hours later, and it turns out it had all been resolved. While we were praying, the Lord had taken care of things, and she wound up with confirmation that everything was cool. This is just it. So many times, the Lord can do a lot more than we can. And we can fret, and we can worry, and we can get all upset. And it's probably already over, and we don't even know it yet. So uh, just be aware of that. Now, worship first before you do anything else. And this is what the Lord taught us to do in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Whatever you worship, you acknowledge who God is. And you acknowledge that He is worthy. You see, you value Him. You put value on Him. He is worthy. It comes from worship. He just has value. And so we worship Him. And as we worship, wonderful things happen. But, uh, uh, The psalmist says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart and into his courts with praise. That's how you get started in communicating with the Lord. You just get still and know he is God. Not just believing that he exists, but believing that he is who he says he is. He is the creator. He is the sustainer. He is the one who appoints leaders and who knocks them down. He is the one who guides nations and turns them to the left or to the right. And uh, he is the one at the same time that loved you so much that he came down here and made a way through his precious blood to be his. So that you could just be still and know that he is God. The Lord's Prayer starts out, our Father, as we've looked at before. His Father and our Father. And so the first thing you recognize, He is your heavenly Father who loves you more than any earthly father ever will or could. Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father who's above all this craziness here below and above all the chaos going on in our own personal lives, but who is concerned and loves us and is a heavenly Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In your heart, you put his name above your own. And then after your heart and uh, the position there comes, thy kingdom comes thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven you see you turn your will over to him and you're not looking to him to tell him what you need him to do you're looking to him and praying that his will will be done because his will's better than ours ever would be and so that's the way you start and you're in the process of doing so you're recognizing who he is and who you are And you recognize at the same time that he wants to fellowship with you, just like he fellowshiped with Adam and Eve back in the garden. And he's taken away that barrier of sin so that you can, you can. And people who don't want to see that don't want to hear that they can hear from God because that means they're going to have to deal with their sin. That's one of the things that he had to show me, was that's what separated me from him. So, we worship. And then, after you've worshipped, oh, there's another uh, acronym that people use in prayer. A-C-T-S. Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. Adoration, you acknowledge who he is. Confession. You acknowledge who you are. I am but a worm before you, God. But you love me. And I'm so grateful. See, that just goes right into thanksgiving. You adore him for who he is. You admit who you are. Remember the tax collector or the the publican and the Pharisee that were praying and the publican beat his breast and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a a sinner. And uh, while the Pharisee was there. Oh God, I'm so glad I'm not like other people. Confession is one of the parts of entering into his presence. If you're not acknowledging you've got a problem, he can't help you with it. If you're not acknowledging your biggest problem, which is that you can't save yourself, uh, you can't fellowship with him. You're going to be you're going to have barriers between you and him. So you worship and then As I said, then you pray. Then you can bring your petitions before Him. And then you're going to bring the right petitions before Him. After you've entered into His presence with thanksgiving in your heart and into His courts with praise for loving you in spite of yourself and providing for you even while you think maybe you're not going to make it, you still He's making a way. In You realize who He is, who you are, time to pray. And I think this is so important, something I've learned through the years. Let the Holy Spirit guide and determine the order of what you pray about. You may feel that there's one pressing need, one major thing that you really need to pray about. Go ahead, start with it. But be open to what's going on in your heart. There have been so many times I've tried to start out something, and then something would just start bugging me. And I'm one of these people who's like, squirrel, you know, and I just uh, head a different direction. My, my, my mind just goes along. And it's hard sometimes to stay on track. And uh, for a long time, I thought that's what was going on in my prayer life, that I was just having random thoughts whenever I was supposed to be concentrating on the Lord. And then all of a sudden, just kind of like Samuel had to realize it was the Lord speaking. I had to learn that that was the Lord tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Hey, before we get to that, you need to consider this. And uh, it may be a person that you're at odds with. It may be a person there's tension between you and them. And you know the Lord doesn't want that tension there. And uh, you may not even want to think about them. And you try to put them out and go back. But it keeps coming back. Deal with it in a righteous way before the Lord. Take that to Him and deal with it with Him. Pray through that situation with Him. And then whenever you get that settled in your heart, and where you feel usually God's going to just uh, let you know it's going to be okay. And after you've uh, repeated of your own bitterness or whatever, you know, you've, you've got something cleared out of the way. Then you'll be able to speak more openly to him. And then there may be something else that pops up. Pray about that. I've had this happen where I had maybe a major, major issue. And the Lord would take me to like four different things, and by the time I got through with them, the thing that I was such a major that I thought was such a major thing, I wound up thinking, "Why was I even bothered with that? It's all okay anyway." And so this is just the way that He works. So just I, I encourage you, let Him order your prayer time, and then after you got through all your praying, then go to the Bible. And we said again, find a time daily to do that. I have finally settled in first thing in the morning. I don't do anything before I read the Bible. And you know what? Smartphones are really good at helping out with that. Cause all I have to do is move over to my chair and pick up my smartphone and I use uh, uh, the uh, U version for that. I've also got eSword on my phone. Those are two great uh, helps for Bible study. But for your Bible study in the morning, you're just talking with the Lord. Use a Bible ver- a version translation that you can understand easily, and go ahead and read that. And uh, where you just choose your place to start. Uh, I would recommend beginning with Genesis and just read on through because as you read through, you'll find that it's like a soap opera, that the characters are the same. They're going to be recurring characters. Then you get to, in any play, there is a, uh, an introduction to the characters. You start getting the introduction to the characters humanity and God, the two chief characters, and then it moves on from there. And you get to see the character of the characters. God and His holiness in humanity in its lostness and stubbornness and pride. And uh, you get to see all this. And so by the time you get to the New Testament, then all of a sudden, You see how compassionate and how patient God is. And uh, it all fits together. Just start at the beginning and read on through. If you don't want to do that, if you want to start with uh, the New Testament, choose one of the Gospels. Uh, Don't immediately go to the Epistles because they're not going to make any sense if you don't know about the cross and if you don't know about Jesus because that's what the Epistles talk about. So, oh, If if you want to, go ahead and just skip on over to Revelation. Start with Revelation. Yeah. And that'll scare the bejabbers out of it. You'll want to go back and start somewhere else. And then it'll make sense because when you finally get to Revelation after you read all the rest of it, you see how patient and gracious and loving God is. Even at the end when people are crying out and shaking their fists in God's face. And he's got angels declaring the gospel out loud and all the people want to do they want to stop up their ears and pull mountains down on top of themselves they want to die and they can't die they'd rather do anything than turn their hearts toward the lord but he's reaching out to them even at the end of time yeah i'll go ahead and say if you get left behind there's still hope but it's going to be rough you could have saved yourself a lot of trouble if you just go ahead and get right now. I'll just let you know that. But there, there's hope. If you don't make the first cut, you can make the second. So just let you know that. But uh, this is just it is that uh, read the Bible, find a start, start at the beginning of a chapter, first verse, or first chapter anyway, so you'll have some continuity and context. And as you do that, Ask yourself, what's the Lord trying to show me here? What's his message for me through this? And I would encourage you to write it down because later on, you can look back and he'll show you something different the next time through. This is for you right now. And it will help you to start to, as you're asking yourself, Lord, and ask him, Lord, what are you trying to show me? you'll start to hear his voice. You'll start to understand. And uh, it'll be a wonderful thing. And so uh, just in recap, what we've covered today is, first of all, ask God to show you a place and a time for you to meet with him. Everybody's schedule is different. Not everybody, but just think about this. I mean, you make time and you set appointments with people you don't even like, don't you? Why not set a time to meet with the person who loves you more than anybody else in the whole wide world and wants better for you than anybody else in the whole wide world? It may be in the evening. It may be in the cool of the day like Adam and Eve. It may be first thing in the morning. It may be on your lunch break or whenever, you know, but there will be a time for you. Not everybody's household schedule, especially if you have little kids, uh, really uh, lends itself to the very first part of the day, unless you can get up before them and not wake them up, which is really hard to do, right? So, uh, but anyway, you find that time, and it's going to be different, but there will be time. My first real boss that I had uh, that taught me a lot, uh, whenever I was just getting started, he uh, pulled me aside one day and explained to me how he was going to be adding some new responsibilities to me. And I very politely explained to him, dumb as I was back then, how I I really didn't think I could handle much anymore than what I was doing right now. And he said something very wise. He said, "Joel, it's been my experience that you can do everything you want to do." And implied in that was I was going to want to do what he wanted me to do, whether I wanted to do it or not. And uh, so it was made clear who the boss was and how he was just trying to be nice in the way that he worded it. And I was a guy he had to hit over the hit head with a tube before to get his attention. And, but. Uh, That stuck with me. And this is just it. You have time to do everything you want to do. Do you want to spend time with the Lord? It's up to you to decide. And uh, if you don't, just think if I had decided, well, if I just told my boss back then, well, I, I, I just can't work that in. What would I have missed out on? I wound up being top gun in my office because I learned how to do what he wanted me to do. And uh, everything went well for me because I learned that. How much more, how much more valuable and precious and great is our life going to be? If we will make time to consult with the biggest boss ever once a day. I encourage you to do that. So ask God to show you uh, a place and a time for you to meet with him commit your appointments to him. commit to your appointments to him don't make appointments and then not keep them and then value that time by being still by worshiping by praying reading his word and trying to understand his heart and then listening to him in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit Amen.